0: I'm Taylor. I'm Kat, and welcome to Square Mile of Murder, uh, where this month we are looking at some ancient serial killers. Woo! Yeah, old school. Yeah, super old school. Uh, yeah, so another theme month. That's we like it. Hopefully, you like
1: it. Nobody's complaining. Nobody's yet, complained. So yeah, so
0: so with that we're taking that as. As a positive reception. So here we go. Ancient serial killers. That's our theme for August. So let's dig in. Um, Jack the Ripper is generally credited as being the first serial killer when he murdered five sex workers in the east of London in 1888. And he was the first serial killer, killer, multiple murderer guy uh, who really captured the public and the press's fascination in such a frenzied and sensationalized way. But uh, the phenomenon of serial murder did not emerge suddenly in sort of misty Victorian London. It's actually been around for millennia.
1: So this month, we're looking at a few serial killers from pre-Jack the Ripper time, and we're jumping in at the deep end. So let's go back to 16th century Central Europe, as we try to separate fact from fiction with the blood countess herself, Elizabeth Bathory, a historical figure whose legacy has taken on a completely mythical dimension, as everyone from religious writers to Bram Stoker to Hollywood directors have added their own twist on the countess's story.
0: Countess Elizabeth Bathory de was born in August 1560 on her family's estate in Nierbatore in eastern Hungary and spent most of her childhood at the Ekched castle in Nierbatore.
1: Okay, we should probably say about now, okay, while we have a slight grip on some Western European languages, um, neither of us speak Hungarian or Slovakian or Romanian no um as various names will come up throughout this episode we have had to rely on google translate yes sorry if it's wrong (laughs) yeah i I think i would like to make a
0: a a blanket statement here because we have gotten comments in the past of like you didn't pronounce this correctly it's like no we probably didn't or we're trying. Like, and we do look at Google Translate for everything. We listen to how it's pronounced in other sources, whatever it may be. But some of them are harder than others.
1: <laughs> yeah, and also, we're both dyslexic. Yeah, which
0: does not make things easier. I've almost just called her Elizabeth Bathroy like five times, and we're not even... A paragraph yeah. into the script. So, uh, yeah. We're doing what we can. We apologize if it's not perfect, but, you know. We're trying. We are. We are not language experts, unfortunately. That would be really cool, but we're not.
1: I would love to be. I mean, my nearest to being fluent in a second language is I have a little green owl on my phone that shouts at me when I get Spanish words wrong.
0: I mean... I just confuse all the languages I've ever taken into one. (laughs) So French, Irish, Chinese, and a little bit of Scottish Gaelic. So Mm. it's a mess in there. So we're doing our best. Bear with us uh, uh, with some of these pronunciations. They're a little bit hairy for us, but uh, hopefully we've gotten them pretty close. So at this time, Hungary was known as the Kingdom of Hungary and was part of the Habsburg Empire, uh, having been conquered by the Austrians after previously being part of the Ottoman Empire, and it would later become known as the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Uh, the main thing to know is that the Kingdom of Hungary encompassed what is now modern-day Hungary, as well as parts of Slovakia and Romania. So Elizabeth. Uh, Bathory was born into nobility an uncle on her father's side had been the voivode of Transylvania uh, which we learned today is like a local
1: it's a leader in local government yeah so like a yeah yeah, it's like I did research when I
0: I'd never heard the term before so
1: I researched it when I was writing the script as, uh, you know, Voivode. I was like, oh, what's that? And then I forgot to put in the script what it is. (laughs) So like local government
0: person, uncle on her father's side was the Voivode of Transylvania and her maternal grandfather had also held the same role. And uncle on her father's side was also the Grand Duke of Lithuania, King of Poland and Prince of Transylvania.
1: That's a, that's a lot
0: of titles
1: yeah that's 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 one person yeah that's that's <laughs> one person with all three titles yeah. that's uh so yeah,
0: long story short, she was very well connected across what is now considered central and Eastern
1: Europe uh, as a child, Elizabeth suffered from epilepsy, and it was speculated that this stemmed from the kind of inbreeding seen all too often within the aristocracy a... uh, yeah. uh her parents were closely related. There's there's kind of two line two branches of the Bathory family and her parents came from the same branch. Oops. Um, according to Wikipedia, because I couldn't find a more credible source, in the 16th century, treatments for epileptic fits included rubbing the blood of someone who didn't have epilepsy on the lips of a person having a seizure. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is rumoured to have been part of Elizabeth's treatment, although it is entirely possible that Much like much of her story, it has been embellished by writers over the past 400 years. Despite her high social standing, the Countess's childhood and family were blighted by rumour and speculation about what went on behind the closed castle doors. There were rumours that her aunt was a murderous bisexual witch. I need that on, like, headed letter paper. (laughs) just saying. And that Elizabeth herself was also bisexual. Uh, There were also rumours that Elizabeth and the aunt were in an incestuous bisexual relationship. Oh, sure. When Elizabeth was in her early teens. Because it's 400 years ago when they married him off young. Yeah, Yeah. And we do not have time to go down that rabbit hole. No, definitely not. There were also rumours that Elizabeth had a child out of wedlock at the age of 13 with a young local peasant boy and that the child was given to another local peasant family to be raised. But again, this may just be part of the folklore that has developed around Elizabeth Bathory.
0: At the age of just 10, Elizabeth was betrothed to Count Ferenc Nadashti, who was a member of another noble family in the kingdom of Hungary.
1: According to com, <laughs> Oh, they've done a lot of work on Elizabeth Bathory. <laughs> and it's actually one of the... Like, credited sources on wikipedia and i was like cool okay interesting okay
0: okay uh, so according to sci-fi.com uh the nadashti family was one of the wealthiest dynasties in the kingdom however countess elizabeth bathory was actually of a much higher social station than count Fener- ference nadashti uh, he was four years older than her and when the pair were married five years later in 1575 so she would have been 15. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And he would have and been he was 19. 20. No, 19. Yeah. Um. So when they were married, he took the name Bathory as Elizabeth refused to change her name to that of a family of lower social standing.
1: So I'm with her on not changing your name, but because like. Yeah. You've already got a name, Well, yeah. there's the classism of it all, just like, no. Yeah, like, I, I'm with you with for not changing your, na- your name,
0: but not necessarily for that reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a bit lost there. Um, yeah. There were reportedly 4,500 guests at the wedding. That's too big.
1: It's much. How many guests were at your wedding? Ten. Yeah. Your wedding was the right size. <laughs> um, Ferenc's wedding gift
0: to his new bride was his mother's castle Cete which is also known as Czech state in uh, Slovak the castle is located in present day Slovakia close to the Czech border and is a tourist attraction and you can actually go and
1: visit the ruins uh, side note the ruins of Czech state castle as we're going to keep calling it a Slovakian name because it's easier to say and it's in Slovakia yeah. Uh, yeah, so Chactiste Castle was used as Count Orlok's castle in the 1922 German silent film Nosferatu. Very, very famous film. Which I think helps add to this whole folklore yeah. around uh, Elizabeth. Afford. Oh, for sure. Uh,
0: so, along with the very generous gift of his mother's castle, which is... Like I didn't get a castle when I got married. Crap. Um <laughs> Elizabeth was, Gonna have to have words with you wife. I know, right? Where's where's my castle? Um Elizabeth was also gifted the village of Czechte, uh the village's country house, as well as 17 other villages in the region. Not bad. Not bad at no. all. Uh in 1578. 18-year-old Elizabeth was left in charge of the castle and villages when her husband was promoted to chief commander of the Hungarian troops and was called away to war against the Ottomans.
1: Now, some claim that this is when Elizabeth's violence began, but it is much more likely that she was exposed to violence from quite a young age. Uh, It had been reported that as a member of nobility, Elizabeth was pretty much given free reign as a child and she was not punished for the violent rages and mood swings she was supposedly prone to and uh, some say that is a result of the you know severe inbreeding they can also be a side effect of having epilepsy yeah if it's not controlled so either or uh, the unproven rumours that her aunt was a murderous witch are also cited as a reason for Elizabeth's exposure and fascination with violence. Uh, violence from the
0: wealthy families towards their servants and others of a lower social standing was sadly expected and would have become normal to a young Elizabeth. So when she found herself running in a state of her own, it was no surprise that she too would resort to extreme violence when it came to doling out punishment. Uh, But this is where the reports begin to vary when it comes to Elizabeth Bathory. The common narrative goes that Elizabeth once struck a young servant girl so hard that she drew blood, which then splashed across her own face. In the days following, Elizabeth noticed that the skin which the young girl's blood had touched had a more youthful appearance and decided that bathing in the blood of young virgin girls was the secret to everlasting youth, and she would do anything to achieve this eternal youth. Okay. Uh, Mm. The image was painted of a crazed woman who would stop at nothing to reverse the aging process, a woman who answered to nobody, a husbandless, childless woman who seemingly had nobody around to stop her killing spree. But that's actually not exactly how things happened.
1: So although Ferenc was frequently called away from the castle due to the various ongoing wars between the Austrian and Ottoman empires, he also spent a lot of time at home in between these wars <laughs> during the 1570s and 1580s. I mean, the couple had five children between uh 1585 and 1598 so he was home a fair bit yeah, he was around uh, some sources also claim that there was a sixth child but there's no official record of a uh, this youngest child nor were they mentioned in either elizabeth or Ferenc's wills uh, as with most noble families the children were not brought up by the parents but rather by a governess but it is reported that elizabeth and Ferenc still had regular contact with their children, like most days, but they were not hands-on parents, or just normal parents that we would think of today. Um, There were also plenty of staff around the castle and local villages who answered to the countess, and according to some accounts, most people close to the couple were aware of what was going on at the castle, just that nobody had the power to stop them. So not only was uh, Ferenc aware of his wife's violence, he was an active participant, and according to some, he even encouraged and enabled her torture of young servant girls. Uh,
0: Having come from one of the wealthiest families in the kingdom of Hungary, Ferenc was likely to have grown up witnessing the same kind of violent abuse against domestic staff in his parents' castles as Elizabeth had in hers. Not only this, but according to Nigel Cawthorne's book Killer Women, uh, Ferenc established quite a reputation for himself as a leader of Hungarian troops. He was known for his extreme and imaginative torture and punishment of Ottoman troops and civilians, earning himself the name the Black Knight of Hungary. So when the pair came together with a set of staff under their own control, they brought out the worst in each other awesome uh but they didn't start with murder not that that makes any of it any better obviously uh because in fact it seems that their sadism knew no bounds the pair experimented it seems with every kind of torture they could conceive of from physical beatings and assault to leaving servants out in the cold to freeze or burning them with hot irons and mutilating them All of this under the guise of quote-unquote discipline.
1: Uh, During his time on the battlefield, Ferenc had learned a number of tactics for inflicting maximum pain without actually killing a person. And also, you know, how to ensure that they didn't slip into unconsciousness so you could keep torturing them. (sighs) But... According to many reports, he also kept Elizabeth's rage and violence in check and made sure that she was just, you know, torturing and mutilating the servants to within an inch of their lives and not actually murdering them. Wow, give him a medal. Great. Interestingly, though, there are also reports of Elizabeth intervening on behalf of local women who needed help. Part of her and her husband's role in managing their estates in the local area and ruling over those who lived there was to care for them. And one of the things they had to do was provide health care for their citizens and counsel them on their problems. It has been reported that Elizabeth often helped local women who were homeless or destitute, those whose husbands had been captured or killed during these various wars, uh, and those who had also been sexually assaulted. Which is... Interesting. Yeah, all things considered. Um, <laughs> there isn't actually any reports of what she did. It's just she intervened on behalf, she helped mm. them. Maybe she just brought them back to the castle. Who knows? Yeah, yeah could be. Maybe they ended up being victims of hers, well, but under the guise of like helping yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So we don't actually know. It's, it's a very interesting juxtaposition. Yeah, for sure. And yeah that is that is the argument that they could have just been keeping up appearances you know as you know respectable kind rulers over their subjects and which would keep the rest of the aristocracy from finding out what they were doing and things carried on this way until the early 1590s strategically Chakti state castle and the family's estates were in
0: quite a vulnerable position they were close to an internal border between the kingdom of Hungary controlled by the Habsburgs and the Austrian Empire, and parts of eastern Hungary, which had been conquered by the Ottomans, uh, and located along a main route to Vienna, where the seat of the Habsburgs, the Hofburg Imperial Palace, was located. So, when the Long War, also known as the Thirteen Years' War, began in 1593... Ferenc was frequently called away from home for long periods to lead the Hungarian war effort, once again leaving Elizabeth in charge of his affairs.
1: One thing we should note is that although Elizabeth was from a noble family and very highly educated, she could re- reportedly speak five languages, Um. so although she's highly educated, she wasn't taught how to run an estate or anything like that, because that would be her husband's job. And then her husband was
0: busy. So, this is when things began to change uh, Ference did re- did return home many times during the war, as evidenced by the fact that the youngest of their children was born in fifteen ninety eight uh, which was five years into the war. However, Elizabeth was left alone to run their affairs for long periods of time, and without uh, Ference there to temper her violence, she quickly crossed the line from prolonged sadistic violence into Long sadistic violence followed by a painful and often slow death. We don't know to what extent Ference was involved in the murders because he died in 1604, six years before the murders were uncovered. Uh, he died while away fighting, but nobody knew what caused his death. Uh, he had suffered from some sort of disease of the legs. For two years before his death. And it was suspected that this might have contributed to his death, but it's not confirmed.
1: I mean, it could have been something like rheumatism. Yeah. Because he was in his 50s when he died, yeah. or late 40s. So joint problems. It could have been prolonged exposure to the elements on the battlefield. It could have been even like diabetes
0: or yeah. like. I mean, I feel like gout was a big thing at this period of time. I mean,
1: it is like a rich person's yeah, disease, isn't um, it? I know it's not technically, but, you know, it was always associated with... Royalty. ...with rich living. Yeah,
0: um... Or... Like, early trench foot? I don't know if he's in, in battle all the time.
1: Could be. So, I just, I well, just yeah. like the description. Disease of the legs. I think it... I think... The actual description was disease of the lower limbs. Ah, that's even better. I was like, well, I am not plagiarizing. (laughs) So it is disease of the legs. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought you'd like that. I definitely do. Like many serial killers, Elizabeth had a type when it came to her victims. They were all young, vulnerable women lured to the castle with a promise of work and lodgings. Much like in the story of H.H. H. Holmes, these were all young women far from home, and it wasn't uncommon back in those times for sons and daughters to leave home, move away for work or marriage or whatever, and never return. They might write the odd letter, but it was normal for them to never see or hear from their families ever again. I mean, up until, like, the last century, that was still quite normal. Yeah. And that is what, sadly makes them perfect for a predator such as Elizabeth Bathory. However, unlike most serial killers, she didn't have a favoured method of killing or torturing. Which is likely one of the things that, you know, perpetuates some of the myths around her as a homicidal maniac who just killed hundreds at will and without discrimination. So, so she's got she's
0: got common victimology, but not A stable M.O.,
1: basically. No, it's just just whatever mood takes her. Uh, Following Ferenc's death in 1604, Elizabeth's crimes reportedly became much, much worse. And it was around this time that rumors began to spread in the local area about young women disappearing in Upper Hungary, which is what this part of Slovakia was called, after visiting Czaktiste Castle. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, When France died in
0: 1604, he entrusted Elizabeth and their children into the care of Georgi Torso. He is described as a powerful Hungarian magnate. Always fun. uh, And he would actually go on to become the Palatine of Hungary in 1609. And put a pin in that. It'll become important in a little bit. We'll get back to that. Now... We're not entirely sure what it meant for Elizabeth to be entrusted to Georgi Torso, uh, because he was married with his own family. So it wasn't like some arrangements where a widow would be a widow would be taken care of and and marry into another wealthier, politically favorable family in the event of her husband's death. So wasn't that not sure exactly how this yeah. all worked.
1: Unless it's, like, a guardianship where he's meant to, like, keep an eye yeah. on, on things, yeah. but I don't know, it wasn't really explicit in any <laughs> source, it's, like, it's just she was interested to him. Um, so, yeah, so whatever
0: the arrangement was, Elizabeth was largely left to her own devices for years. Um, and as we just said, rumors had begun around the time of her husband's death of her murdering servant girls. And letters were sent not only to the Hungarian authorities but also to the Habsburg court in Vienna. Still, it wasn't until around 1610 that the royal court in Vienna would task authorities in Hungary with investigating Elizabeth Bathory.
1: What Elizabeth got up to in the time between her husband's death and the investigation in 1610 isn't well known. Uh, the number of victims who were murdered by Elizabeth and a small group of accomplices, who we'll get to shortly, range anywhere from 80 to 650. Big range. Yeah. With the youngest being just 10 years old. Bit of a difference. Uh, According to an article by All That's Interesting, as the years went by, Elizabeth moved on from simply torturing and killing servant girls and young girls who she lured to Chaktiste Castle, with a promise of work, and moved on to kidnapping and killing the daughters of the lesser gentry. So these are families who are from sort of upper, or at least upper middle classes, you know, likely owned land or properties, but had nowhere near the level of wealth or power or influence that the Bathory or the Nadashti families had. Fun story. I am descended from, uh, Lesser gentry. Oh. Which you wouldn't think. <laughs> Somewhere on my grandmother's side, loads of the land around where we live mm-hmm. was actually owned by like a an ancestor of ours. And it was all lost in a poker game. Oh bummer. Yeah. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Um, Elizabeth had begun to advertise Chaktisday Castle as a finishing school for girls, and lesser gentry families were sending their daughters there, expecting them to, you know, finish their education, be debuted, and marry well, moving up the social ladder. But Elizabeth had other ideas, and the girls were allegedly murdered by her. That's fucked. Yeah. Finishing.
0: Oh, God. It's like a big difference between those two things.
1: No, oh, if she was finishing <sighs> them. Yep. Yep. Well done. Well done. No, that—that's just like that's not the type of finishing yeah, it was what, meant to be.
0: Wrong interpretation of that—that uh, that phrase. Mm. <laughs> Due to the Bathory family's particularly high social standing, there was nothing that these families could do. We're not entirely sure how their deaths were explained away potentially as abductions by ottoman troops or maybe accidental deaths um
1: see this is where i think a lot of things a lot of things that we we sort of take as fact about the story of elizabeth bathory this is where i think now this is embellished because there's not like yeah she could have got away with a lot but How do you explain to all these families who, yes, didn't have her level of wealth and influence, but had some that their daughters were just Just gone. gone. Like, at a certain point, you're
0: not going to convince every single family that the daughter has, Mm. you know, gone off and and gotten married to some highfalutin dude. Mm.
1: Like, there's going to be evidence of that, like you would expect, so... And, if Bridgerton has taught us anything, it's that rich people like to gossip. Yes, well, of course. Uh, Yeah, so...
0: So... It's... Word would have got around. It it seems like a bit of a stretch. Young girls were also abducted and taken to the castle by Elizabeth's accomplices. According to History.com, the Bathory family headed parts of the local government, which was another reason that she evaded justice for so long.
1: So we're not going to go into any further detail about how Elizabeth Bathory tortured and killed her victims, because it's painful, disgusting, horrifying, and quite frankly doesn't really add anything to the story that we want to tell. There's plenty of other podcasts and articles and documentaries and all sorts out there which go into more explicit details, and some of those are included in the show notes, so if you want to go and read about what was done to them, fine. This is not a slight against like the other podcasts that want to talk about it. It's just that we don't. Yeah. In March 1610, King Matthias II
0: instructed the Palatine of Hungary to investigate the claims that Elizabeth Bathory had been torturing and murdering, murdering young girls. The Palatine of Hungary was the highest-ranking official in Hungary while it was under the control of the Austrian Empire and they were representatives of the monarch. So remember Giorgi Torso, who uh, Ferenc Nadashti had entrusted his widow and children to following his death? Well, like we said, he had become the palatine of Hungary the previous year. And on December 30th, 1610, he finally arrived at Chaktiste castle to arrest Elizabeth and four of her servants who were accused of being accomplices. Uh, and they were Dorocia Shemtes, Ilona Yo, Katarina Benitska, and Janos Uivari. Georgi Turso claimed that when he and his men arrived at the castle, they immediately found one dead girl and another who was dying a slow, painful death. The urban legend version of this discovery usually claims that Elizabeth was caught in the middle of torturing a young girl, but in reality, she was actually sitting down to eat dinner as a uh, torso arrived.
1: As Georgi Turso investigated Elizabeth's crimes, he found over 300 witnesses who had either seen, heard, or been told of the torture and murder at the castle. When he and his aides had been conducting secret enquiries during the year, they had found 50 witnesses, but following the arrest, at least 250 more people came forward. Uh, The claims of these witnesses ranged from torture and murder to cannibalism and satanic orgies. Uh, The case went to trial in the first week of January, 1611. The four servants uh, confessed to assisting Bathory in her crimes and were executed although they did confess under torture. So we'll come back to that later because there's a problem yeah. with that. Uh, but there was another problem, and that was with prosecuting the Countess herself. Her family were nobility, head of local government, and more distant family members, I think cousins, if I've read the family trees correctly, <laughs> I may not have done, were still rulers of Transylvania. And, uh... Part, other parts of sort of modern-day Romania, so arresting and convicting Elizabeth of six hundred murders was going to cause all kinds of political problems and upheaval, as well as disgracing an old, distinguished noble family. Which, as we all know, saving face for rich people is more important than justice. Yeah. Just ask the British royal family.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Especially in such a sort of delicately balanced area, it seems like, with all the wars and empires and everything, probably wouldn't go over super well.
1: No. And it, like you said, it was a very precarious situation politically, as well as sort of disgracing the family, you've then got this weakness that would allow the Ottomans potentially to conquer parts of Upper Hungary. exactly. Uh Giorgi Torso and King Matthias II
0: came to a compromise with the Bathory family the countess would be charged and found guilty of 80 murders, and as punishment she would be bricked up in her own castle for the rest of her life now <laughs> sources vary as to whether she was bricked up in a single room or a series of rooms or if she was basically under house arrest but had free reign to move around within the castle. We're not sure. Um, Again, this is another detail which has been lost to time and the mythology that surrounds Elizabeth Bathory, which often claims she was bricked up in a tower with a food tray passed through a slot on the ground where the door used to be. Uh, Either way, Elizabeth Bathory remained at chick Chakti State Castle until she died in August 1614. There was outrage at the plans for her to be buried in a local cemetery, and she was instead interred at the crypt on her family's uh, Ekched estate in Nirbator. Although there are claims that the body was later moved, and its current location is unknown.
1: The Countess's crimes were horrific. There's no getting away from that. But they have been embellished over the years. Uh, The story of Elizabeth Bathory bathing in the blood of young virgin girls to halt the aging process didn't appear until 100 years after her death. And she's often cited uh, or often credited as being an inspiration for Bram Stoker when he wrote Dracula along with The Legend of Mercy Brown, which we covered a few months ago, The Rhode Island Vampire. Um, Elizabeth had family who ruled Transylvania, and she is often described as having been born and lived most of her life in Transylvania, but she didn't. It was modern-day Slovakia, or what is now Slovakia, I should say. She was born in Hungary, her crimes were committed in Slovakia, she didn't actually spend any significant time in Romania, or any part of, like, Transylvania or Romania, so... It's all like a big legend that kind of feeds off itself Mm -hmm. at that point. The number of victims has also likely been greatly exaggerated. She was convicted of 80, but rumoured to have killed 650 girls. And holds the dubious honour of Guinness World Record uh, for the most prolific female murderer. But some historians claim that it is unlikely she would have managed to get away With that, hundreds of murders. As although although her family were head of local government, crime was widely reported in the Kingdom of Hungary. You know, even something as small as stealing a chicken or a sheep would have been reported. And there would have been a paper trail. So it is unlikely that 650 people disappeared with no paper trail. Uh, there was also a rumour that Elizabeth kept a notebook with a record of all of her victims' names, and a witness testified that there were over 600 names in this book, but this book was never found. And like many aspects of the folklore surrounding the Blood Countess, it is believed to be just that. Folklore. Fair
0: enough. Mm. Uh There is also a theory that Elizabeth's arrest and conviction were politically motivated. At the time of Ferenc Nadashti's death in 1604, King Matthias II was in a large amount of debt to the Count. This debt then became payable to Elizabeth upon Ferenc's death, and the King allegedly had no intention of paying what he owed. This theory posits that the King schemed to have Elizabeth convicted of murder, as her estates would become property of the crown and the debt would effectively be wiped clean.
1: And that is the story of Elizabeth Bathory. Thoughts. Uh you know, it
0: reminds me of the Sonny Bean clan story a little bit. Mm. Um, just in the sense of like the the actual written information didn't show up for like a hundred plus years after all this supposedly took place. Yeah. And like, I have no doubt that she was probably torturing and killing people. But I don't, yeah. you know. It seems highly unlikely, like like we said that um she could get away with that many hundreds of victims without anybody being like,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I think that's Probably the the truth, because they, they managed to convict her of eighty. Yeah. That would still have caused a hell of a stink amongst the upper yeah. classes. So, why only eighty? Why not? You know, why not hundreds or six hundred or six hundred and fifty? Yeah, exactly. Like if you're if you're already
0: convicting someone of such high standing of eighty murders. It's not like it's not like three murders or eight. It's 80. Like, it's mm. a ton of yeah. people. So, I personally, I don't see the difference in that. And just, if she had 600 victims, just going for all 600, because at 80, you already know it's really bad.
1: Yeah. And we don't know the names of the victims yeah. either, which is a really sad yeah. part, because... I completely agree that there. there is. I think there is some truth to it, but I think there's probably some truth to stories of most nobility and aristocracy at least very severely, very violently abusing their staff, if not yeah. killing them, because it's such a well documented and recurring theme, yeah. especially in this time period, for servants to be treated as punch bags essentially. So, I think there's some truth to it, but I don't think there's you know six hundred and fifty victims no. the uh, the servants confessed under torture, yeah. so nowadays well, I was gonna say nowadays, but now, nah, there's some recent history that proves otherwise you can't torture someone to confession and have it stand up in yeah. court doesn't doesn't work well um so did was and you know you can't really take any of that as real and they were executed as soon as the trial had happened so there was no way like there was nothing later on like oh no i just confessed because i was being tortured sort of thing um um
0: yeah and that's and that's like i guess my my question is just like what actually happened because i don't I don't believe that she was bathing in the blood of virgin. Like, is it just no. that she was particularly cruel to her staff, and that several of them died in her employ? Is it was she actually luring people to the castle to murder them? Like, there's there's a there's a few different like tiers of crime and evil yeah. here. And obviously, in the intervening years, we've gone to the furthest tier
1: <laughs> of when yeah. it's probably
0: somewhere around the first, second, or third
1: yeah, I agree, and it it feels it it uh fulfills this fun- this thing in western society. we cannot cope with someone just being yeah. evil in you know we've always got to look for like the childhood sob story you know for this the that with it. I don't mean to say like child abuses or sob story, but we've always got to look at like some. Oh, there must have been something really horrible that happened in their yeah. childhood. Like, yeah, some people did suffer horrendous abuse as children and then go on to become serial killers or serial abusers. Most people who suffer abuse don't. Mm-hmm. And so we've always got to look for like, oh, what is this? You know, some kind of like. And half the time, it's just that people looking for a sob story because we can't handle the idea that pe- some people are just evil, yeah. and some people are just born evil. Yeah, and someone born into that kind of wealth and power with absolutely no consequences. Yeah, who's exposed to violence from a very young age, there was never any repercussions for it. Of course, she's gonna yeah, of course she's gonna turn out that, that way.
0: That violence, like. And
1: that's the thing, it's it's but, absolute power. Yeah. But this idea that, oh well, she you know, it was she just bathed in the blood because she wanted eternal youth. That's fucked up. But it gives a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of why the the gaps get filled in. Yeah, no, I agree. And
0: and I think because this is such an old case, because uh, the the very fine details of her upbringing either weren't recorded or haven't survived. Like, hmm. you're never going to know. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, like, people have
1: filled in the gaps
0: with what they've decided makes the best story. Yeah. And,
1: and this is a time when oral history was still very much a thing as opposed to written history. Yeah. So, stories get embellished. It's just the way... You could tell the same story word for word, but the way you speak and the way you emphasize it. Yeah, it changes it. Changes it. So, of course it changes as it's passed down for generations. Yeah. So, yeah. I read many years ago, I think it was the like first time I'd ever heard of Elizabeth Bathory, I read something about how her some of her living descendants now donate blood as often as is humanly possible. Or legally allowed. Why? Inherited guilt.
0: <laughs> I thought it was like to to spread around
1: that sort of youthful. <laughs> no, it's it's just they they feel real bad. Yeah, but I couldn't find I couldn't find the, the source because this is years ago that I read this, and I couldn't find the source again. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if that's like an urban myth as well. Well uh, I find that interesting because that also perpetuates the idea that she was just you know killing uh, young virgin girls to bathe in their blood. Yeah. It perpetuates this whole blood countess yeah totally. narrative. But yeah. So if anyone does have a source for that please tell us because Yeah, let us know. I find it again. <laughs> uh I like that one. Yeah. I think that is it.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's it. That's our first ancient serial killer, and yeah, we're gonna kind of ping pong around in in time and space. Uh, well,
1: and on Earth, on the planet, anyway. N- no, like, start that sentence again, dear. No, <laughs>
0: we're we're gonna we're gonna jump around in in time. Uh, with the cases this month, it's not. We're not going in chronological order, but uh, yeah, we got a a few interesting ones coming up, so be sure to stay tuned and and let us know what you think of Elizabeth Bathory.
1: Yeah, because I don't think the other ones we're going to do, I don't think, have as much uh, folklore and mythology around them. Yeah. This this was sort of a fun introduction because we like these ones where there's a lot of folklore. Yeah, and there's a lot of like
0: stuff you've heard that hey actually is probably bullshit yeah so that's that Mm -hmm. uh if you like the show do be sure to rate and review us on your podcast app especially apple podcasts and subscribe so you never miss a new episode and we really like it when you do that because it helps us uh get in front of more people and just uh grow our little weird crazy family here. <laughs> uh and if you want to get some cool Square Mile merch, we do have a selection of products with some cool designs and you can find those at squaremileofmurder.store. Uh the links for which will be uh in the show notes or you can find it on our website.
1: If you'd like to help us cover the costs of making the podcast and help us invest in the future of the show, you can join our Patreon page. Tiers start at just £1 per month. Every patron gets regular episodes a day early, a shout-out on the show, priority case requests, and a lifetime discount on merch. And that's just for £1 a month. That's like £12 a year. Yep. As the tiers go up, you get more, including bonus episodes and exclusive merch you can't buy anywhere. So check all that out at patreon.com forward slash square mile of murder. Links are in all the usual places. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. We'll see yes. you next. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.